You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. RSA updates where the Secretary of Defense is sounding a bit like a techno-libertarian. The Attorney General, not so much. The democratization of technology moves the Defense Department to seek help from the commercial sector. We talk with Phantom, winner of this year's RSA Innovation Sandbox. More evidence on the Ukrainian grid hack is out. The ACLU files an amicus brief in the Apple versus FBI case. We hear from the University of Maryland's Jonathan Katz on quantum computing. And the Ashley Madison hackers are now sending extortion notes through the mail. I'm Dave Bittner in San Francisco with your CyberWire Daily Podcast for Thursday, March 4th, 2016. We're wrapping up our time at RSA this afternoon, podcasting from the floor of the world's leading cybersecurity conference and exposition. U.S. Defense Secretary Ashton Carter took a fairly unambiguous position in the crypto wars. He's in favor of strong encryption, and he's opposed to backdooring systems. So it seems that NSA Director Rogers' neighborhood really does encompass the larger defense establishment, lest anyone think the director has been freelancing on the issue these last few months. Secretary Carter was also in San Francisco to solicit industry support for U.S. efforts against ISIS and other threats. He's been talking not only to the expected big companies, but to small businesses as well, even participating in a Shark Tank event to hear pitches from entrepreneurs on promising technologies. One area of need the secretary highlighted was data security. We know, he said, that we're behind the commercial sector in this area. That the U.S. Department of Defense could use some help isn't surprising. It's been known for some time that collaboration across the Internet has significantly democratized technology, especially information technology, at a time when technology, again, especially information technology, has solidified the central position it holds in conflict. It's unclear how traditional powers can continue to enjoy a decisive advantage in the area, but it's clear that the Department of Defense is intent on trying. Its Hack the Pentagon program is one manifestation of that determination. The U.S. continues to pursue ISIS in cyberspace, intent on disrupting the caliphate's communications infrastructure. Effective cyber capabilities are beginning to make their appearance at the tactical level. Special operations forces, specifically including the U.S. Navy's elite SEALs, are taking on an increasing interest in social media. So there should be no surprise should SEAL teams show up on Twitter. We'll see how successful they prove to be at delivering a counter-narrative against ISIS. Attorney General Lynch was also at the RSA conference. 
She defended Department of Justice efforts to compel Apple's assistance in unlocking an iPhone used by one of the San Bernardino jihadist shooters, making a plea to, quote, not let one company decide this issue for all of us, end quote. But it must be said that her presentation and position were not generally received favorably. Sentiment at the expo is largely against the Department of Justice on this one. There's a general sense that the assistance the FBI is requesting would set a dangerous precedent. But one executive in a side conversation did note a curious fact. We're willing to trust the police to protect us physically, but it seems no one is eager to trust the government with protecting our data. The ACLU, in an amicus brief filed in the case, thinks it sees another problem in the Department of Justice position. If the DOJ wins, the ACLU says, then you can bid farewell to trustworthy software updates. What assurance, they ask in effect, will users have that they're not being pushed another government OS? We've had interesting talks with many companies here at RSA. One we were particularly pleased to speak with is the winner of this year's innovation sandbox, Phantom. We asked Phantom CEO Oliver Friedrichs what it was like to win the competition. It was interesting. I, th- I think all of, the, all of the vendors up there, you know, they're the, the 10 most innovative vendors at RSA, you know, we're, we're high-quality companies. You know, so when you look at that list, you know that you've, you've got your work cut out for you. I think it was a real privilege and honor to win that. Great to recognize the hard work that we've done, but also validates this problem. You know, I think that we've had so many products and so many unique individual solutions now that it's great to see it recognized that we now, you know, we believe that we do need a layer, something that's going to tie all of those existing products together. We'll hear more from Phantom in an upcoming RSA special edition of our podcast. Turning from San Francisco to the larger world, the Western Ukraine grid hack remains a matter of intense interest as a warning and a cautionary tale. The attackers, whom investigators describe with grudging admiration as sophisticated, conducted a long-running and patient campaign to establish persistence in the Ukrainian utilities network and then to harvest control system credentials. These credentials were used to disrupt power in late December. The attack is widely regarded as a harbinger of things to come, and some experts think it was intended to send a message to the United States, at least as much as it was intended to affect Ukraine. The consensus on the drown vulnerability is in. The SSL hole is thought to not be as bad as Heartbleed, but still bad enough. Schneider Electric's structureware building operation software is found to be exploitable by remote hackers in ways that could enable them to affect building security, and the attackers need not, say researchers, be particularly skilled. The problem is said to lie in weak default credentials and a command execution bug. Krebs on Security reports that the pay card breach at Wendy's chain restaurants is producing significant debit card losses. Credit unions are said to be especially affected. Google has issued a Chrome update. Users and admins take note. And finally, Ashley Madison is back in the news. This time, there's no moralizing, just frank extortion. The Ashley Madison wives, as Cluely calls the spouses of men whose patronage of the online hanky-panky emporium was exposed in last year's breach, are now receiving physical letters through the physical posts demanding payment in Bitcoin, lest their husband's shame be exposed. And the extortionist note, in an aside to any husband who might want to try to intercept a letter to the wife, tampering with someone else's mail is a crime. The brass of some people. But physical mail usually bears physical clues, and we're sure the postal inspectors will be on the case. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. 
It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. I'm joined by Jonathan Katz. He's a professor of computer science and the director of the Maryland Cybersecurity Center. They're one of our academic and research partners. Jonathan, quantum computing comes up, particularly when we're talking about encryption. Let's start off by giving us an overview. How does quantum computing differ from run-of-the-mill binary computing? Well, it's a bit hard to describe in detail, but at, at a very high level, quantum computers take advantage, of course, of uh, quantum mechanics. And what quantum mechanics allows you to do is to manipulate systems that are in a superposition of very many states at the same time. So you can think about this uh, very informally as if you have a computer that's running several different computation paths in parallel, as it were, even exponentially many. Uh, And that's what gives quantum computers ultimately their power. So uh, help me understand, it's my understanding that quantum computers, uh, as as opposed to dealing with with, uh, absolute answers, they deal with probabilities. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's right, and and that's why the analogy I was giving before isn't quite uh, exactly right. Um, you have you have these parallel computations that are running, but then in order to extract anything useful from them, you need to manipulate things in such a way that you get the answer you're looking for with high probability. But that's right, uh, that, that quantum uh, mechanics and quantum computers uh, don't give you an answer with certainty. They only give it to you with some high probability. And so looking ahead, how does quantum computing potentially impact computer security? Well, we've known since 1994 that quantum computers are able to break all the public key uh, algorithms that are currently deployed on the Internet. Uh, That's because of Shor's algorithm, which shows that quantum computers can efficiently solve uh, the factoring and discrete logarithm problems. So if quantum computers were to become a reality tomorrow, we'd have a huge problem on our hands because all the public key crypto systems that are currently used on the Internet would be insecure. So for that reason, people have begun starting to think about what kind of systems they could transition to in the, in the next 5, 10, 20 years that would be uh, secure even against quantum computers. And what's your sense for, for where we are? Are we getting close to where quantum computing may be a reality? Well, I wouldn't say close, uh, and I'm not an expert in this field, but the latest estimate I saw at a, a recent workshop 
was that there's about a 50-50 chance of uh, getting quantum computers capable of breaking uh, current public key encryption schemes by uh, within the next 15 years. So that gives us reason for concern, especially because we know that it can take quite a long time to begin transitioning to new systems. Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.